This is episode number 866, How to Live Without Regret. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Thomas Campbell said, to live in hearts we leave behind is not to die. And William Penn said, they that love beyond the world cannot be separated by it. Death cannot kill what never dies. This is an interesting episode that I think many of you will find extremely powerful. We've had so many amazing people on to talk about this subject, about about loss, about how to live without regret, about the powerful lessons from losing loved ones. And I've talked about this many times where I haven't really lost that many people close to me. You know, I've lots of different friends from from all over the world and different experiences of my life from sports to business to family and travel and all these different things I've done. I'm 36 years old. You know, I've interviewed over 500 plus people on the podcast. And I've been having these conversations about loss because I haven't really lost someone really, really close to me. I've lost some friends uh, and, and grandparents, but I haven't like lost someone in a shocking way. And I wanted to dive into this topic a little bit more because I think sometimes we forget how sacred life is. We forget how valuable this moment is, this present moment that gives us the gift of being, the gift of experiencing joy, love, friendship, and the ability to go after our dreams. And we forget these things. And this episode, it's really about remembering the power of all of this. And we talk about the five regrets of the dying and how we can use them as a tool for living our best life. We talk about how a parent's legacy can influence your work and future relationships what death can teach you about the heart's resiliency, how processing the spectrum of emotions is its own journey without a handbook, and how death can bring clarity to your life, intentions, and a better understanding of who you are and who you want to be. We've got some incredible people in this episode. Bronnie Ware, author of the top five regrets of the dying. We've got Grant Cardone, New York Times bestselling author, who's built a billion-dollar portfolio, Lindsey Sterling, the violinist, singer-songwriter, and YouTube sensation, Chris Gillibo, New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Nonconformity, and Whitney Cummings, who's a comedian, actor, and producer, author who's appeared in multiple television shows and films, multiple stand-up comedy shows as well. And each one of them has a specific experience to talk about this process of how they became more of who they are through the experience of death from someone close to them, through the experience of loss, how they overcame these experiences, what we can learn from these experiences, and so much more. I am, I'm excited for you to dive into this because I feel like this is something we don't talk about enough. It's something that we're afraid of. And the things that we're afraid of usually cripple us and have power over us. And I don't want them to have power over you. This is something that we're all going to experience. And I want to bring a little bit more peace, a little bit more understanding of the things that sometimes we can't understand. And that's what this is all about. 
And I really hope you find value out of this. And please share it with a friend. If you know someone who's lost someone recently in their life, please send them this link, lewishouse.com slash 866, or just copy and paste the link on the Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. And share with me on social media what you think at Lewis House. I would love to know your thoughts. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off okay quick math the less your business depends on operations on multiple systems on delivering your product or service the more margin you have and the more money you keep obvious but with higher expenses on materials employees distribution and borrowing everything costs more so to reduce costs and headaches smart businesses are graduating to netsuite by oracle netsuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting financial management inventory hr into one platform and one source of truth with netsuite you reduce it costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really wanna say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And without further ado, let's dive into this episode on how to live without regret. You said there's top five regrets and mm. we can share those quickly. The first one is I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself and not the life that others expected me. And I think mm. so many people live what their parents want them to do or their friends or society, or society right? society, yeah. We see that a lot and it's mm. sad. We were just talking about this with another guest, Robert Green, who was on, who's like, most people, they wake up at like 27 to 30 and they realize like, I'm down a path that I don't want to do. Yes. They have like a quarter life crisis or something. And they're like, what do I really want to do? What did I want to do as a child? Or wake up at 50 or 60 and say that. Yeah, it's even worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse. Mm, but it's true, it happens a lot. So that's the first the first mm. uh, regret. The second one is I wish I hadn't worked so hard. Mm. Now, I'm curious about this because I actually believe in working really hard on a greater purpose. Yes. On a purpose to impact the people around you, your society, your community, and to spread a message. Sure. And so I go back and forth when I read that. I'm like, what does that mean, not work so hard? Does it mean like just chill out all day and relax with your friends no. and, and, you know? No, I mean. You gotta make a living, you wanna make an impact, you wanna achieve me. certain things, right? Yes, yeah, but it's also about working efficiently, which uh -huh. I'm sure you do. Uh -huh. And it's about leaving space for other areas of your life and not making work your whole life. So it's not about working so hard that you don't put all of your your passion into what you love doing, especially if if you've done the work and you've got yourself onto a path where you're doing your life's work. And so, of course, we're passionate about it. Mm -hmm. We want to bring that message out and share it and, and give it our best love. But it's not our whole life. And we need to actually turn off from work sometimes and say, okay, well, now I'm going to spend time with relationships, with friends, with family, with movement, with right. nature. Adventure, play. All, all of that, because all of that nourishes our soul as well. And the more we can find space or create space for those other areas, 
the more heart we bring to our work anyway mm. and the more efficiency we bring to our work. That's right. Because it's all well and good to work a 60-hour week, but if you're really only doing 10 hours of quality work... And if your health is suffering or your relationships are yeah, suffering, you're missing the juice of life. And that's not success. Yeah. I agree. The third regret is I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. Do most people not express themselves? Um, not to the depth that they'd like to. Why is that? And they're afraid of what other people think yeah, about them? Yeah, the vulnerability. And sometimes just the communication channels haven't been developed enough, so they don't actually know how to. It's not so much that they they don't want to. They're, certainly there are a couple of patients in there who really wanted to, but just didn't know how to start the ball rolling, mm. even with their families. <clears throat> and You know, a gentleman in his 90s died feeling like his family didn't even know him. Wow. And he wanted to, but he just couldn't start the ball rolling to open up to that level of vulnerability. Do a lot of these individuals write letters of their feelings and then like leave them behind when they're gone? Well, some did, but no, not many, not many. I mean, I had to pass on messages a lot and, and I think other carers sometimes play that role as well. Mm-hmm. But what I found was with my patients, I, I ended up being their main carer. So I would go in for a day or two and, and that's what happens. When someone's homesick, they get three or four different carers over the first week or two and then they say, I want Bronnie or I want so-and-so right. and so you become their main carer. And so, you know, there were times they'd say, I want you to tell my son this and I'd say, well, you're still alive, you can you tell him yourself, yeah, come right. on, you can do it. And Or I would facilitate, uh, you know, a start of a conversation sometimes and uh-huh. then silently leave the room. Sneak out, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Yeah. So wishing we had the courage to express our mm. feelings. How do you think we can express our feelings now while we're alive and healthy and well so that we don't regret that? What is the process to expressing ourselves better? Well, I think it's how to avoid all of the regrets, and that is to face the fact that we're going to die and then we're on limited time. And the more we can actually bring that realisation into our belief systems and our conversations and our and society's beliefs then the more courage we have anyway because we realise, okay, I don't have all the time in the world to do what I want to do and to say what I need to say and everything else. And so to find those levels of vulnerability, it takes courage. All of any, any form of regret-free living is going to take immense courage. But when you use death as a tool for living and you say, I'm on limited time, you do find that courage because not only do you realise you've got to say this stuff or you're going to regret it later or you're going to leave it too late. But you also just end up not caring so much what people think of you because they're going to die, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. We're all just doing the best we can. And you really do let go of the opinions of others when when you face death completely, like when you courageously, yeah, and it doesn't mean you, you don't stop loving, but you stop caring about all the superficial stuff. And so you do learn to be more courageous because you realise, okay, this may or may not be received how, if, if you're expressing some really deep vulnerability, it may or may not be received how you'd love it to be received, but it's better than not saying it. It's better than dying with the mm-hmm. regret of having right. kept it inside. Right, not sharing, yeah. The fourth one is I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends. Mm. Do people miss lose out of touch with their friends a lot, you think? Mm. Well, this is this was before social media. Yeah, and now you can, like, check in. And- yeah, yeah, and even, you know, checking in through social media and letting people know that you're there is fantastic, but it's never it's going to... It's still make- superficial. 
It's, uh, yeah, at a level, right? Yeah. It's not the same as having a face-to-face conversation or a good laugh with your old friends or mm-hmm. even a phone call is better than, than a social media thing right. or a text. Right. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a deep regret because friends become your family in so many ways and they hold a lot of memories for you as well, a lot of the fun memories that you may not necessarily have shared with your family. I mean, some right. some families are entwined and their brothers and sisters are their best mates, but most of us have choose our own family of friends. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, friends can really bring home memories and do reminiscing because... Nostalgia and, yeah, reflection. Dying people want to live as long as they can and they want to reflect and they want to do some storytelling and some giggling and some reminiscing about the good old days. Yeah. And if you lose touch with your friends, you're there with maybe, you know, a loving-hearted carer and, you, and your adult kids or your young kids, whatever, or no one. You know? You're just reflecting to yourself, having a conversation about the glory days or something. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to with someone you shared as someone's saying, and then you might be only be able to handle a 10-minute conversation every few hours, but that 10-minute conversation can just, you know, I've seen people just lying there with tears of laughter in their eyes and, and they're just like, oh, I can't talk anymore, just give me a rest. But they're just so happy because oh. they've had their friends visiting and sharing those memories. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish I'd let myself be happier. Why do we not allow ourselves to be happy? Happy. I think a lot of it's probably worth. You know, we don't realise we deserve to be. We're shaped again by the opinions of others. Um, Don't want to look a fool. Don't want to be too silly and childish. Um, When that's actually great medicine to be like that. It's about the opinions of others and and just realising we actually are allowed to be that just because someone says we're this and this and this and this doesn't mean we're any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, you you know, something I used to cop as a kid, you're never going to, you're a dreamer, you'll never amount to anything, you know, stuff like that. You used that. to hear that? Yeah, all the time, from particularly from my father. And That's you know, encouraging. Oh, <laughs> that's not even, <laughs> yeah, right. that's like 1%. Yeah, right. That's okay though, that's okay, we healed as best yeah, we could. That's good. But I did take that on for a long time because whenever I'd have these dreams, I'd think, well, I'm never going to amount to anything. And I was a singer-songwriter, I started playing when I was 35, wrote my first song, wow. and I'd be up on the stage and I'd be playing and I just, that's all I'd hear in my head. You know, you're a dreamer, this is never going to amount to anything. And I'd just shake and just dream of walking off the stage and then eventually I you know did my own healing and realized well that's his stuff that's his regrets and it's really got nothing to do with me and if I'm not going to dream I'm not going to ever get anywhere you've got to be a dreamer you have to dare to dream and it's only the dreamers that that really make huge significant beautiful change in the world that shake shake up things that's it Yeah, I want to take a moment right here and let you know about something that for me has been helpful in getting my message out into the world. That's been helpful in making sure I don't have any regrets in my life, that I get something out that serves people. And many of you know that I have an online business where I have many different courses that I've created. I've taken my wisdom, my information, and brought it to the world to build a business for myself. And what I use exclusively is Thinkific. Now, Thinkific is the best platform to create, market, and sell 
your own online courses, whatever it is that skill set you have, that talent you have, that gift you have, you can record them in video courses and use Thinkific to share this with the world and build your own business as well. It's something I've been using. All my mastermind members, I recommend to them. I recommend to my audience online. And they're an amazing partner for me. And if you're already sharing or want to share your expertise with the world and you don't want to regret any of these things that you're not holding this back and you want to make sure you package that into an online course, it's an incredible way to scale your business and make a bigger impact on the world to get your message out there. And whether you've got a book or a blog or you're training people one-on-one or group coaching, building an online course is the best way to reach a broader audience, to build revenue and make a bigger impact. And I've looked at a lot of different softwares and online course platforms. And for me, Thinkific has the highest integrity. They have the best platform and I love working with them. Super easy to use and they have incredible support. And I know from experience that you might not know where to get started. And so Thinkific's put together an exclusive offer for you today. And you can get started with their free plan at thinkific.com slash greatness. And you can get more than $300 worth of additional training at no cost. You'll get all the tools to get started building your course. Plus, you'll learn step-by-step how to refine your topic, outline your content, and start selling your course to the world. Get it all for free today at thinkific.com slash greatness. That's T-H-I-N-K ific.com slash greatness. Make sure to check it out right now and let me know what course you want to get started with today. And now let's get back to this episode. Yeah, it's cancer. Yeah. And so the internal, the organs are st- shutting down now. And uh, wow, man. within 10 hours, w- let me see, from the co- time I had the conversation with her, the next morning, got her in the Honda, Drove her home, put her in the living room for, you know, a couple hours, let her sit in her lazy boy. I said, okay, well, well, where where do you want to finish this? She's like, in my bed. Took her to the bedroom. You know, just about 11 o'clock that night, finally. And she said, about 30 minutes before she, she finished, she's like, She's like, I'm scared. Wow. And I said, well, what are you scared of? You know, you got you got to hold it together, right? Because, and she says, I'm scared I can't die. She wasn't scared of dying. She was scared she couldn't. I said, dude, you can do this. You've done everything you needed to do. You did a great job. Wow. You don't owe anybody anything. Just rock on, man. Wow. She was afraid that she couldn't die. Like she would drag on or... Yeah. And just kind of be on She wasn't scared of dying. Yeah. She was scared she couldn't. Wow. So, uh... You were there? Was your whole okay. family there? Was oh, yeah, dude. I was right there with her. Had my hand on her. No wow. doctors in the room. While she passed? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, she was my bud, man. Wow. What was uh, I don't know. <laughs> what was the greatest lesson she taught you? Oh shit, man. She was just she she was a very negative person. Like, like I have a lot of that. Like the Seco, Ron Seco said. <laughs> he says, uh, hey, oh Grant, you're a positive person. I said, dude. 
I am not a positive person. Like, do not. No one should confuse me with a motivational person. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not a positive person. Why aren't you? Because, because I, I understand that people die. Yeah. Like, I understand that life is hard and that there's evil. I know there's evil. I, I confront. Like, that's what people don't like about me, dude. Like, who says, okay, you're going to die? It's, it's hard, man. It's really hard to be that honest. Dude, my dad died when I was 10. My older brother died when I was 20. So by the time I was 20, I'm like, oh, people die. Wow. Like, you start getting used to it. I know Not people, just your grandparent or something. No, yeah. no. I, see, I know, I know there's people I know today that have never had a death in their family. They've never experienced it. Yeah. And then they're shocked when their dad dies. I'm like, what would you think was going to happen? Or their dog dies. I'm like, guys, you got a dog. It's a great name. It's got a life of 11 That's, years. Yeah. Hopefully it dies before you do. My kids already know. Like my, my seven and nine-year-old, they, they already confront the issue of me as a body not being around one day. Yeah. So my mom taught me a lot, man. She taught me, you know, she taught, tried to talk me out of most everything I ever did because she was negative. She, she, she was a mother, and it's a mother. A she mother. wanted to protect you, make a sure A mother's 50% negative. <laughs> Has to be. <laughs> right. You know, you're going to get a cold. Put your shoes on. Don't go out in the rain. So I had to learn how not to listen to that 50%. You know? Wow. Was there anything that... Um... Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I've learned the hard way that constantly holding on to your emotions and repeatedly choosing to not talk about your feelings will only make you feel worse and worse. And up until about 10 or 11 years ago, I was afraid to talk about my trauma that I experienced. And I know we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. But therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to fit your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash L-E-W-I-S. She taught you in the end or any regrets from what you had done or what you hadn't done or a promise you made to yourself after she passed where you're like, you know what, I haven't been doing what I really need to be doing here, here, here. Is there anything like that for you? Mm, you know, my, not, 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 not with her, you know. I mean, I told her I, when I was a kid, when I got clean from drugs, I said one day I'm gonna buy you a Jaguar. I never bought it for her. She, she called me one day, she was a funny lady. She said, <laughs> she, she, some football player had bought, had bought their mom a house. Yeah. And I was wealthy at the time. I, you know, I was living in La Jolla down the south yeah. of here, and I, you know, I'd done well, and I was still single. She's like, so and so bought her mama house. You know, where's my car? I'm like, he'll end up broke too. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting a house, right? She didn't want a house. I mean, she not, she didn't want any of that stuff. Yeah. What did she want? She didn't have a lot of dreams. I, I don't think she lived way below her potential. Yeah. And that's why I understand women. You know, my mom was a, a um, she, she was a 50s housewife. Mm -hmm. And my mother lived for her children. Yeah. And so part of this, I think, is part of my hardness and the way I prioritize things. I know my mother made a mistake putting her kids first. Wow. That was a mistake for her. Wow. What should she have done? She should have put herself first, not us first. Why? Because she 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 was more worried about five five little kids than her own dreams, and and I just when I watched my dad died, left her to run everything, he died suddenly, and she never dated again. Wow. She was forty. Uh, let's see, I was, I guess she was thirty eight. Never went on a date, dude. Wow. She had a stepfather, and she's like, or stepmother, and she's like, I'm not I'm not putting, giving my kids a stepmother. Everything now was about the kids. It's not enough for a human being, dude. You can't be happy just living for kids that are gonna move out. You know, so. What advice would you have to women about following their dreams? Dude, you, 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 people, all people, men and women, they should be more greedy about their personal dreams. Well, what if, what if they because say, I well, think I've got I'm, these five kids and I've got this responsibility and. Yeah, you do, but you also have a responsibility yourself. Mm -hmm. If I can't take care of me, how can I take care of somebody else? Yeah. This has always been my battle cry. Like, I have to take care of me. And I, how can I help anyone? I'm fucking broken. I'm messed up, you know? I'm, 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 I'm coming out of a treatment center for drug addiction. I didn't need to help anybody else. I needed to get, I needed to get on solid ground, you know? And I needed to make sure I wasn't going back to treatment. And then I needed to clean up the mess that I made. I needed to do this for me mm -hmm. because and, and that, that has been my contention now for many years. Like, just keep slowly taking care of your neighborhood. 
until you're in another zip code. My third album was writing all about loss. My best friend and my keyboard player, who I'd toured with for years, he passed away suddenly. And then my dad was also going yeah. through cancer, and he passed away right as I was finishing the album. Oh, my gosh. So the album was bookended by the most extreme depression and sorrow that I had ever felt and loss. And, like, I just didn't know you could feel that. And so that album was heavily charged with a lot of hard things. Mm. And... One thing that was so exciting about this album was like, I don't know, loss, I feel like it changes you. And I had come to accept that like this was a new version of myself and that kind of the rose tinted glasses Lindsay had mm. left and died with them. And I was like, I just don't think I'll ever be the same again. Cause wow. it had been years, you know, it'd been like, it's now been three years since all of that happened. Yeah. And, and it took about two years to come fully out of that depression. And I realized it was right about the same time, a few months before I started this album, that I was like, I started to feel myself again. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not that I was gone. It's not that I disappeared or I died with them like a part of me. It's no, I was just, I was just covered up for a while. And that's why I decided to call this album Artemis because the moon is such cool, like it has such a cool symbolism of hope and the mm. fact that. You know, you look at the moon, sometimes it's big and bright and it glows and it, it can light up the night. And other times you'd look up and you can't even find it. And mm. it looks like it might not even be there anymore. And that was like me. I was like, oh my gosh, I, was, I wasn't gone. I was just covered in shadow. Mm. And I think that through our lives, like whether it's a hard relationship or a depression or loss or grief, whatever, we sometimes metaphorically get covered by those things. Yeah. And you might think that you're not there anymore, but it doesn't mean that you're not still powerful and full of light and love and that you won't come back to full light. And so I wrote this album from a place of like, oh my gosh, I'm still full of light. Mm. And that's what the album's about. That's what the story's about. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm so excited to share that message. Mm -hmm. You mentioned loss again. I've, you know, part of my, I feel like I'm a pretty balanced human being where I take on all my fears. Every year I write a list of my fears and then I try to mm, overcome them. I love that. From whether it be public speaking to salsa dancing to singing in public to all these different things, I'm like, okay, what is an emotional fear for me? Ooh, yeah. Right? Uh -huh. An inner fear, not like spiders or snakes, but like what's a thing that I would be embarrassed by or afraid or feel insecure about? And then I try yeah. to conquer those every year. I've never lost someone close to me, mm. except for grandparents who were, you know, it was their time. Right? Yeah. I've never had a sudden loss. Mm -hmm. And it's a fear of mine. Yeah. Because I have a lot of great relationships mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people. And yeah. I know it's just a matter of time where someone that but I it's know. It's part of life. It's part of life. Yeah. And I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, in a few years or 10 years, but it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. And someone is going to die. Yeah. And it scares me. So, and I'm not saying like I want this to happen now because <laughs> I don't want to. Of course not. No. <laughs> but how do you how did you handle it when you had two very close relationships in the same you know yeah. in a very close period of time yeah. pass away? How would you how did you handle it, and how are you going to handle it in the future yeah. when someone close to you passes? I don't think it gets easier. Like you know what I mean? Like I lost my best friend, then I lost my dad, and it's not like well I've been through this once before. It was I got easier. this. Yeah. No. I think loss will always be extremely hard, but I learned that the heart is so resilient. I said when I lost my best friend, it was the first time I'd ever felt that kind of pain. Mm. 
And um, I just thought to myself, I will never be whole again. Wow. And then my dad died, and I was like, I will never recover from this. Like, the, they were the two most important, most prevalent men in my life. Wow. And so, you know, but the heart heals. And the most amazing thing about it for me, I think, is my, I'm so grateful that I'm a very, like, spiritual and a very religious person because I've always believed in angels. And I think my belief in angels mm. has like given me so much grace through this. Yeah. Because as hard as it is, it's amazing that like that that pain just gets like farther away. I'll always miss them. But it taught me to live in the moment with people. Because that's the thing you regret more than anything. Like is just wishing that you could like relive some of those moments mm. and like realize how special special they were and like tell people how special they were. With my best friend, he passed away suddenly and I was like, oh my gosh, I never had a chance to say even goodbye. I never had a chance to like really tell him what he meant to me. And that was like devastating. Um, But I believe in angels and since then I feel like I have had some of the most beautiful experiences where I know they were close to me Mm. and I know they were guiding my steps and it's like I don't think they're far. I think that sometimes in a way that they're able to be with me more than they ever could have before and they're a part of my adventures still and I believe I'll see them again like a hundred percent and it just makes you remember how finite this life is if you have a belief in an afterlife like this life is just like a glimpse so my brother made a tragic choice that's what happened yeah okay and and it was very it seemed very impulsive and uh there i mean like looking back we can kind of identify maybe some signs or something Mm -hmm. but at the time none of us had any idea right what's been coming up for you this last eight nine months in this process you know you've been working with someone on this what do you feel like has been coming up for you is there any lessons that you've learned from this i haven't lost a family member that close to me so i have no context of how you're feeling and i'm not going to act like i do know how you're feeling but I can assume that there are people listening who have lost right. someone very close to them who can relate completely to what you're feeling right now. So I'm curious what the lesson is you're gaining or what you're learning about yourself in this process. It's a tricky thing because, you know, in my books and in my blog and all this, I write prescriptive. Mm-hmm. I try to write prescriptively. And here are the steps. Mm-hmm. And if you want to travel the world, here's how you get the frequent flyer miles right. to do it. The free flights. If, you, the, if yeah. you want to start a business, here are the eight steps. Mm-hmm. This is what, you know, is so new to me because I don't know that there are eight steps. I don't know that there's like, here's lesson number one. Mm -hmm. Here's lesson number two. Like I have like sometimes moments of insight or whatever, but I don't know. Like I I feel like it's like, um, it's not like a hierarchy of lessons. It's more like a cobweb or something. And somehow maybe they connect, but I don't quite see where they are. So this is like, I feel like this is the new quest, you know which is, is not something I ever would have it's not what you predi- set out predicted to, or imagined. To go for, right? Sure. And I don't even, I'm not even really describing it in very like descriptive terms because I don't necessarily know what's going to happen at the end or what the outcome is. But I feel like somehow, somehow I have to be better because of this. Somehow I have to, mm. to, you know, honor my brother, um, maybe learn some lessons that he wasn't able to learn Mm -hmm. and i don't necessarily know what all those are right right um but i feel like that's that's what i have to do yeah what do you think is the best way to honor him i don't know yet i don't think it's going to be like i don't think it's going to be something you could package 
Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not like there's a foundation. It's like one day I'm going to come and I come out of this. I'm going to start a charity. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm going to like the rest of my life. I'm going to raise money for this charity. That's that's too packaged. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's deeper. I don't know what it is, but mm. it's it's not something that I could just say one sentence. Here's how I'm going to honor my brother. Mm-hmm. The goal is to figure that out. What's your vision for yourself during this process? Have you thought about that? Or are you just kind of like one day at a time? Like, no, I'm not. I'm actually not very good at one day at a time. Okay. I think that's a very good strategy. Um, I'm I'm very future oriented, mm-hmm. which is kind of frustrating in a situation like this, um, because you know, one, the situation with Ken, my brother, I can't change that. Nothing in the future could ever change that. Mm-hmm. And then also, not just that situation, but just sadness and and anxiety in general. It's kind of hard because I want to be able to like point to the one year plan and the five year plan, the 10 year plan. That's what I've done. That's what you're good at. That's what I've, yeah, that's really good at that. Yeah. So now it's like that's kind of taken from me. And you feel uh, like you don't have a one or 10 year plan? I feel like I have a good one year plan. I don't feel yeah. like I have a good 10 year plan now. And why is that upsetting to you? Or why does that bring you anxiety? Because it's brought me comfort in the past mm. to have it. And so now I don't have it. So now you're forced to live in the moment. Yeah. Or be more present, it sounds right. like. And not have a plan, not have a future like mapped out for you. Maybe so. Huh. It's all new. Interesting. Okay. What's so scary about living in the moment or not having a plan? I don't know if it's scary. It's unfamiliar. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You know, for, I mean, that's, that's why I had the quest. I could always say I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. I was doing lots of other stuff too, but then I had this anchor point. Right. You know? Right. And if you always have something planned, if you always have something that you're kind of working toward, then... You don't necessarily have to answer all these difficult day-to-day questions. What's the most difficult day-to-day question? <laughs> well, the different, I mean, the questions <laughs> of, of like, what's going on in our minds? Like, mm. why, why am I sometimes unhappy even though I have a great life and, and great success in lots of different ways? Those kind of questions. Mm. And why do you think it is at the end of the day? Have you thought more and more about this? I'm just kind of delving into it now. I mean, it's really, it's good to have this conversation mm. with you because I can say honestly, I have I have not had this conversation. Uh, certainly not in any kind of public setting right. like this yeah. at all. You know, I mean, the the limited conversations have been like with very close <laughs> friends and, and, probably, and, and probably not this therapy, therapy session. There's not usually a microphone and a headset <laughs> associated with it. Um, so that's why sometimes like I don't know exactly how to answer. Sure. Okay. Well, what do you think has come up for you in these sessions? The reason I'm sticking in this <laughs> is because it's fine. I wanna I wanna yeah. you know. I love to have clarity too. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, I, I, I'm a solutions type of guy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to uncover, you know, what it is because sure. I think actually a lot of people are going to be appreciating this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you can't, if you're not watching this, you know, Chris is a little uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important because I don't think you're alone, man. I don't think sure. you're alone. I think it's a lot of people. Maybe they have the success you do. Maybe they don't. Um, but they're at a crossroads where they're not sure what's going to happen the next three, five, ten years. They mm-hmm. don't have a plan figured out. They're at a crossroads. They're uncertain. They're feeling like flat. Yeah. And I think this is more people than you think sure. feel this way. Sure. You know, obviously you have your own emotions and your own feelings and your own, uh, you know, life that you've experienced. But I think people are feeling a similar way mm. that is really powerful. And so I want to keep talking about this. That's I don't fine. know. I want to keep. I want to keep diving into this. Yeah, I'm not necessarily uncomfortable in having this conversation. Sure, 
It's more that I'm uncomfortable in, in the situation. You know, yes. that's what sucks. Yes. You know, actually, I, I want to be open and transparent mm-hmm. about this because I realize a lot of people have struggles. And for me, like, so we've said I've had different struggles and over time and now I had this situational tragedy. I guess, I guess my point for me is I'm tired of accepting it. Like I'm tired accepting of what? accepting that, accepting that I'm always going to be anxious or I'm going to be sad or it's this complicated thing because to get through something like this, you have to make your peace with it. That's something that I'm kind of learning at least and this in is the, the counseling. Is this the peace with your own flatness in your life or the peace with your brother's death or? I don't know because it's all connected. It's all yeah. like I haven't found a way to separate it. Um, so I think you have to kind of like walk through that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went on a trip recently and uh it was it was a great trip like i went around the world had a lot of really fun experiences um and so the trip was great situationally everything was fine um but i was also almost almost every single day i cried and so kind of came back out of that and you know went back to my little counseling session and i told that story and and she said that's great i was like what do you mean she's like i think we're gonna you know be able to work through this Mm. now because you're you're you know coming to you're not coming to peace with it but we're actually acknowledging we're trying to acknowledge it you know but i guess what i said about accepting it is maybe i feel like for a while i've as as we said before i kind of sweep it under the rug or put it aside and i guess it's just come to a point in my life where i have to do something about this like i have to and i don't know exactly you know how i will resolve that Um, but somehow i need to what do you want to feel every day if you can make a declaration like this moment moving forward, this is how I want to feel. Purposeful. Okay. What else? I mean, that's good. Start okay. with that. <laughs> Purposeful, joyful. Purpose, sure. Purposeful, joyful, fulfilled, satisfied. Yeah, those are good words. Okay. Yeah, I think that I like the top two first. You know, purposeful, joyful, but not sadness and anxiety. Yeah, not too excess. You know, like right, I right. think it's important sure, to feel a range happen. of emotions. Yeah, of it's kind of like we said before. Like if you're always a winner, like maybe you're not trying hard enough. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. So I actually want to try for some stuff and not not you know achieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's the sustained nature of it. Yeah, that is problematic. How did the relationship end for you when he passed? With my dad. Oh, it was. Were you in a good place? Do you feel like, or no, not really. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, you know. I think that's that death is such a defining part. You know, it's interesting because, and I don't know if anyone wants to hear about death, but all the things that I'd been working on for so long kind of click into place when a death happens. You know, working so hard on boundaries, working so hard on saying no, working so hard at reducing the amount of things on my plate, working so hard to not do things out of obligation. You know, I've spent so much time doing that. And as soon as I lost my dad, it was like, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going on a hike with that person. It just, everything becomes so clear what's important and what's not. So it's interesting. It's sad that it needs something like that to happen for us to course correct our life. Or just me. It could be me and what it's I needed, yeah. you know, and, you know, I think that, and I don't know how that tool is helpful, don't kill your dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to emotionally make the progress you need, but, you know, it was something that was a little bit like, you know, his passing kind of was just a really big part of, mm. you know, things, you know, clicking into place, and in a weird way, I think it's the gift he would have wanted to give me in a weird way. And it, mm. and he had a stroke. Both my parents had strokes, which is a big part of why I got so into neurology and had to understand it really quick because yeah. I was all of a sudden in ERs 
looking at brain scans and people talking about the prefrontal cortex. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means and finding out what part of the brain, you know, affects what. And, um, and so I think that like, ultimately he gave me this incredible gift that as a side effect of something kind of tragic. Wow. You know, when did he pass? Uh, About a year and a half ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, almost two years ago. And it was interesting because you really find out who the people are around you when someone in your life passes because grief makes you boring and makes you unable to give anything. Wow. And you really find out the kind of people that can show up and tolerate you grieving really calls out your circle <laughs> because right. it's, you realize like. the fun one, the entertaining one or the. Like, are you still my friend if I'm just staring at the wall like a zombie crying for six days? Like, am I still someone that you want to be, fr- you know, be around? So that was every, the tectonic plates really shift in your, in your life when something like that happens. And I had just started dating the person I'm with and the way he handled it, wow. I think, is really what made me understand um, what great partnership is. and What he handled everything. Like, he just wow. went into handle it mode. And I was like, okay. So I feel grateful that I think yeah. it's like the the very a lot of the damage that my dad I feel like I got from him him passing at the time that I had started dating Miles gave Miles the opportunity to step up and show me who wow. he was and kind of it was it was kind of kismet it was sort of this weird divine thing where I was able to sort of him passing as how Miles was able to step up and I was able to kind of undo the cycle kind of thing through it. It was pretty surreal. Do you feel like you got to say everything you wanted to say to him? No, that's okay. You feel at peace about everything or you wish you would have? I'm so not this person, but I'm going to be this person. I did do ayahuasca a couple months after he passed, like six months, because the grief was just, I didn't know what to do with it. Strong, yeah. Yeah, and I think that because I'm such a, keep moving to get out of your feelings anyway. I really didn't want to run from it and for the grief to manifest in other ways. Yeah. Other ways. You know, I didn't want that energy to come out and like the workaholism or the codependence or whatever. And I actually think what happened for me with ayahuasca and why I think it's a helpful tool is I didn't hallucinate on ayahuasca. I kind of realized that I was hallucinating every day. <laughs> and on ayahuasca, I kind of saw things clearly. Mm. And I was able to take on a lot of the things that I thought were weaknesses from my dad as strength. And I was allowed to sort of accept the things in me that I got from him and alchemize them into positives. You know, it's like he was always working and too much and would, I was like, I was just trying to find ways to use what I thought were weaknesses of his and make them strengths Mm -hmm. and accept the parts of him that were in me. You know, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. That's all we say. Maybe they had good things about them. Yeah. Maybe we're just seeing them wrong, or maybe we're just so wrapped up in our own judgment and blame that we can't see it. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad had a very skeptical take on people. He mm-hmm. always called everyone liars, thieves, and worms, is what oh he would gosh. say. And it's so negative, but I don't know. I, I, I found myself overcompensating the pendulum swinging too hard and trusting too much mm-hmm. and being... Going all in. All in, trusting everybody. Yeah, sure, manage my money. Sure, I'll come stay at my house. Sure. And I just, I didn't have enough of that sort of what I call like healthy skepticism yeah. and healthy boundaries and a healthy sense of like seeing red flags, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of, it helped me stop like divorcing myself from this story that my parents were so messed up and I, I want to be totally different than yeah. them. Do you feel like you do things to make your dad proud? Oh, my God. Still? Oh, God. I get, you're, you're so good at this. 
I, when my dad passed, I had somewhat of an existential crisis because I realized so much of my engine was to try to impress him. Just and him. When mom he passed, well when him? he, I think more my dad. My mom, not so much. My mom was more like physical stuff, mm-hmm. like body appearance stuff that I've had to sort of work through. You got a great combo. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, real doozy, real one two. They were made for each other. Okay. Um, you know, my and I realized when my dad passed, I did have felt like I was sort of in a free fall because I I was like, do I even want to do comedy? Like the wow. person that I was trying to impress is gone. Like I don't even know why I'm doing any of this. Wow. And I I, I canceled a bunch of projects I was doing. I checked out of a lot of things. I had to sort of completely revamp my priorities and figure out what I wanted. What's the priorities now? The priorities now are you know for me, I. And this probably sounds gross, but I'm big on making money because it is freedom. And I didn't have that growing up. So I do try to make decisions based on it being lucrative enough to be able to help a family member out if Mm. they have an issue. You know, my family, a lot of my family members don't have health insurance and they didn't go to college. You know, so for me, it's I take a lot of pride in being able to earn Mm. so that I can help people, you know, that just, I, I don't have cars and like, yeah. that's not my thing. And shoes and clearly clothes is not my <laughs> thing. I like to be able to, you know, give people um, the ability to sleep at night because they're not stressing out about money, you know? So I do make a lot of decisions based on earning. You're not making millions at the comedy store? Everybody. I really know that, that $15, the <laughs> night you saw me, I made $15, you know? So I work for free a lot because yeah. stand up is like bodybuilding. You're in the gym for a year making nothing and then you get your special or whatever. So I definitely, once my dad died, I got a little more mercenary about the way that I spent my time because I worked for free for so long and continued to until my dad passed. And then just really high quality, like, is this going to move the needle or not? And after that, the first thing I did was with was Roseanne, which did not end as planned. God, isn't that crazy? It was so big. Yeah. Like the launch and the show was so big. Yeah. And then one tweet ruins it all. I don't think it was one. I mean, there was, I found out. It seemed like one tweet was what? Ruined thousands of people? Ostensibly, yes, exactly. It it was one, the tweet that broke the camel's back, but there was definitely more before that I hadn't seen, and that was my mistake. I didn't follow her before, and, you know, like my dad said, ask people questions. I didn't ask enough questions, and I didn't do enough research, and, you know, but I did, you know, at the time, it was like, we're going to reach a bunch of people that, we wouldn't reach normally. And, sure. and I think that Hollywood, we forget we're in this echo chamber and we are talking to such a small number of people. And this is an opportunity to talk to more people, you know? So I think that since my dad passed, I've just tried to be a little more big picture in the things that I take. I don't take jobs anymore to impress people. Mm. I don't take jobs anymore because there's a celebrity involved who might, this person might think is impressive. Like I don't have those sticky motives anymore. It's like, do I want to do it or not? There you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed this powerful episode about how to live without regret, powerful lessons from losing loved ones, and the journey of living through loss. It's not an easy experience. It's challenging. It's messy. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of questioning, but I hope this brought you some relief hearing some stories and some strategies and tools that some other people have used in their process of loss and their journey. Again, if you know one friend who might be experiencing some type of loss in the last couple of years who had a challenging time, just send them a text 
if they lost a parent, a friend, or anyone close to them, send them a text with this link, lewishouse.com slash 866, and ask them to listen and reflect back to you the biggest takeaway they got from this episode. Share it on social media as well. You can always tag me at Lewis House. And if this is your first time here, please subscribe to the School of Greatness on Apple Podcast. We have episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, all about how to improve your life, how to take your life to the next level, and really how to create a life of your dreams. We have so many amazing people on from around the world who share their stories, their insights, their expertise, and their lessons. And I hope you continue to join us on the journey. Please leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. I don't care if you leave a one-star or five-star review. I would just love for you to share your thoughts on what you got out of this, the value you gained from this School of Greatness podcast. So please let us know over on the School of Greatness. And we'd like to share this with our internal team and with the broader audience as well, these reviews. Get more than $300 worth of additional training at no cost. You get all the tools to start building your own course. Plus, you'll learn step-by-step how to refine your topic, outline your content, and start selling your course to the world today. Again, get it all for free today at thinkipic.com slash greatness, T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C.com slash greatness. I don't want you to regret not doing something that you know you want to do. If there's something inside of you that's been burning in your life, in your heart, that you want to do, that you've been thinking about, that you're afraid to do, now is the time to do it. You don't want to regret. You don't want to regret not saying something to someone. You don't want to regret not doing something for someone. And you don't want to regret not doing something for yourself. Whether that's launching your book, starting that business plan, you know, asking that person out on a date, whatever it is, now is the time to do it. You never know if tomorrow is guaranteed. All we have is now. Now is the time to get started and start pursuing the life of your dreams. As William Penn said, they that love beyond the world cannot be separated by it. Death cannot kill what never dies. And Thomas Campbell said, to live in hearts we leave behind is not to die. I love you so very much. I hope you feel that we are here for you, that we support you, and that we believe in you. I believe in you, and I believe you have so much to live for, and I can't wait to see what you create in the world. Now is the time to create it. And as always, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Great.